0: Welcome to Rethink, the financial advisor podcast. My name is Adam Holt, and this is Derek Notman. We are your hosts, both
1: veteran advisors and fintech CEOs who challenge the status quo, question everything, and have fun doing it.
0: Hear honest commentary on the challenges facing advisors today and be part of a community where we can all rethink the profession.
1: Now on to our episode.
0: Derek. Are advisors gifting dummies? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can't help but laugh just at the question, Adam. Doesn't
0: that make sense? You know what a gifting dummy is, right?
1: I, I'm not quite sure <laughs> yeah, what, what that really is, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try. All right. I'm okay. going to try. All
0: right.
1: As an advisor for a number of years now, like we've been told that you should recognize like your clients and show appreciation, right? Send them a gift. Now, some only let you send gifts for five bucks, but send a gift to show the appreciation. But I think the gift basket that they re-gift, that's probably not cutting it anymore, right? The
0: <laughs> basket. Yeah.
1: So I, I would say there's probably a lot of dummies out there. They just don't know it. I was one for sure uh-huh. until it was pointed out that, that I wasn't. But why do you ask?
0: Well, you know, it's funny because it's getting near that time of year. When all the advisors I know start arranging for their top clients to start getting the gifting baskets, right, and i we've been subject to this too. We did the same thing. My team says, "Okay, are they getting a basket this year? I don't even know what kind of basket they're getting." All I know is that usually in January, when I talk to those clients that I sent those 30, 40, $50 gift baskets to of probably chocolates and stuff like that, or dips and fig stuff that I don't know if anybody actually eats. Maybe that's why they wind (laughs) up in the gift basket and they charge us 50 bucks for it. You know, I asked them about it. They're like, "We, we never got it. You know why? Because their staff ate it because it went into the pool of the cafeteria or kitchen area. And everybody just took it home before the person who was supposed to get it got it. (laughs) So I think that makes us dummies because I think we're wasting money and we're not actually getting the impact that we hope to achieve with it.
1: I think you're right. And you know what? This brings to mind a really funny example. I just watched this weekend, again, the classic National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Cool. And there's a scene where Clark W. Griswold Goes into his boss's massive conference room with a gift. And He's like, Oh, we came up with something really thoughtful for you. And you look at all the gifts behind that came from everybody else. They're the exact same gift, right? So to- <laughs> total gifting dummy right there, you know? <laughs> so, like, Oh, I, our-
0: I love that you said that people re gift these gifts, but because it, it's true, we get a lot of baskets at our office too, typically from financial services providers and they drop off something. Some people really do a great job and it's memorable. I don't know that I give them business because of it, right? I would like to think that I don't. Maybe it creates top of mind awareness, which I think is the intent. But the gifting dummies question came up from an interview that you had introduced to us that we did, which I was quite surprised at because Joe Fisher brought this up and we had met him through your network and he brought this question up. So help us understand Joe, because he brings up some interesting things I think will be valuable for advisors to think about in this season.
1: Yeah, it was really fun. I've actually done a little bit of work with him, which you'll hear about in our conversation. And he's got an interesting background. He, he always had this mindset he was going to be become a financial advisor and never ended up becoming one, but he does have his CPA and his CFA. He also worked at Bear Stearns and at Goldman Sachs. So he he's definitely had his at least one foot in our industry or profession go back and listen to that other episode so he has a really insightful view into our into the work that we do and after his time at bear and goldman he did some entrepreneurial stuff traveled the world climbed mount kilimanjaro he's been to 25 countries pretty cool stuff and we, we were kind of joking he's probably climbing the mountain and realize that people are doing gifting all wrong. <laughs> Joe, I don't <laughs> I know would... if that's true or not, but we're going to just assume it is for purposes of this conversation. But what's interesting is he actually founded a company all around better gifting and has actually helped over a hundred thousand customers now. So we wanted to have a really good chat, you know, with him looking from the outside in, like how can advisors not be dummies when mm. it comes to this stuff? Cause he's helped so many. He's learned things at scale that you and I could never learn from just gifting to our, our own book of business, if you will. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so we asked him, how, to, how do we deepen relationships, the work he's doing? And we got some really cool insights from him.
0: Cool. Let's hear what Joe had to say. Listen in this podcast on what you are doing that might be synonymous with a gifting dummy and what you can do better and what you can do easier in this year. I think you'll find some really good tidbits. Let's hear from Joe. What do you think is the missing opportunity for advisors that they're just not addressing right now or just don't see coming? Yeah. So the, the challenge that probably everyone sees coming, and maybe it's one of those things that it's just how
2: much do we understand it is the compression of commissions, right? We've seen that in real estate. We've seen it all over the place. And I think that's just one of those things that every it's so critical to not be complacent. And the opportunity that I think is there is aside from building relationships, I think is table stakes for a financial advisor. I think that is absolutely critical. If you don't do that, you probably don't have much of a business. But I think the hidden opportunity is building relationships with the next generation and doing that from day one. Do your client's children, do they know and trust you? If not, why not? Are you helping your client educate their children about the importance of financial planning and having a sound financial plan. If you think about it, your client's children, they're the most important thing for most of them, right? They're the most important thing in the world. And are you caught in a scenario where you're merely helping them think about how to pay for college? Because your client is thinking about their children's lives. in so much greater depth than just a college bill. But I think most financial advisors think about that as the big milestone, and then it just cut loose and gone. And I, don't, I think it's easy. It's simple. And, and that's a huge milestone, right? But as we all, as the three of us all know, we've been out of college for a long time. A lot of life happens after college. So I think that's like the hidden opportunity that of all the financial advisors I've talked to, very few, and very few can count on one hand, are actively engaging that next generation from day one.
1: It's a really interesting perspective. And I would agree there are a lot of things do happen after college quite a bit. So to that end, then I think that this is a nice thread that we're on. What action steps then can advisors take to engage this next generation, right? What are some things that you are seeing given your position and just like for the advisors listening, if you could knock them upside the head, hey, do this, right? help. Right.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. There's three three buckets that I think about just in general. And the first is what we call surprise and delight. And that's it. Yes, it does include sending gifts. That is part of it, but it's really, it's much bigger than that. It's really about being intentional about building authentic relationships with your client and that that could be that can take the form of many different ways right it could be it could happen through a gift it could happen through a conversation it could happen through just the care you take in 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 providing the plan and listening to them and everything else but it's about stepping back and being smart about how to implement that because unless you have you know unless you only have 20 clients right if you have a hundred hundred fifty three hundred clients some people have right You're going to have to build a system with intention in order to build these genuine relationships. And that might sound counterintuitive, but I assure you it's not. Having a system in place to remember to check in with someone does not mean that when you check in with them, you're any less genuine, thoughtful, caring, considerate than had you just randomly thought about it and left it up to chance. We put our most important things on the calendar. And just so I think about it like that, like scheduling something doesn't mean it's not important. It means it's so important you want to make sure you don't miss it. So that's number one. A part of that, I would say the couple of more tactical things on the gifting side within that, I mentioned the client's children. Send them birthday gifts. Just that, just something that simple. I encourage them to do that. I actually got that idea from a financial advisor. And I mean, he's the most successful guy in the office. I won't mention the other firm, but we would all know it. And it was like, that's a brilliant idea. And every person, everyone else I talked to in that office pointed to him as the guy who's who's crushing it kind of thing. So that's a really, it's a really easy thing to do. And imagine if you're, even when you're like five years old, getting a birthday gift is just fun. It doesn't matter who it's from. And now you get into this and you, you almost become like uncle status by the time you're 18 years old or something, Are the kid's 18 year old, years old. So that's a neat one. And then just another thing, I think there's always a really big opportunity to just be a little bit vulnerable and a little bit just like touching, thoughtful, authentic, and just something like sending a note or a text. Not I'm not talking about daily, weekly, monthly, even here, just sporadically, every once in a while. And if you did it once a year with all of your clients, it would be amazing. With just something like, I've, I've always admired blank about you, about that person. Like we, I guarantee we can all find something we admire about our, our clients or all of our financial advisors. We can find something to admire, something they like, something they really respect, whatever it is. Just pick one thing. You don't have to. You don't have to write an article about it. Just pick one thing and mention it. That will change that person's day, and it's so easy to do. So that's another thing. And then lastly. This is a little bit of a silly one, but I think that especially today, you need to consider zigging when other people are zagging and just do something a little bit different to stand out. I like telling people to send half birthday gifts instead of birthday gifts. And the reason is, do you know who else is sending half birthday gifts? No one, right? Not a single person. So you have one day where it's only you that are getting a little bit of attention, a little bit of love, like making their day. And it's just a ton of fun. It's like you have, you probably have to have the right personality for it. If you're Mr. Three piece suit and tie, it might not work for you. Le- yeah, let's be honest, but it's just fun. It's just a lot of fun. And, uh, and it gets some really great reactions and talk about, especially if it's on the kind of younger demographic side of things to talk about social media, like how much fun it is to be like, I got to have, like, this is silly. This is fun. It's super shareable. So that's a really great one. And then the last bucket I like to, I just think about this in general in so many industries, but I think it's really apt here is just try to get in your customer's shoes, like just as much as possible. Don't accept the status quo. Everything that you're making your client do, I'm thinking, especially like any sort of like heaps of paperwork or I need a wet signature on paper or any of that kind of stuff, that's an opportunity to improve the experience, to retain a customer, to get that that next one in. And I think that's like as an individual financial advisor, will you be able to solve that problem? Probably not. There's probably levels of bureaucracy, but you can shine a light on it. You can take a step and shine a light and try to make the customer's experience better.
0: Some of the things you've said are are they hit home. And I think for all of us as business owners, we do have relationships we need to support. And pretty much everything you said is stuff that our parents taught us to do. Write a card, stay in touch with the people you care about, be intentional about it, send a gift, don't show up empty-handed. But I think I'm curious why you think financial planners and financial advisors are not doing this. Why are they not executing? Is there is that something you've solved with Greetable?
2: Yeah, yeah. So that's a good question. A lot of them certainly are. And I and just because you're doing it, just because you're doing the action doesn't necessarily mean you're hitting the mark. Certainly a lot of people are. And it's interesting. I've had a number of conversations where someone says, We do this, I I do this myself, or I do it in-house, or something like that. And I just chuckle because what does that person say when they talk to a prospective client and they say, Oh, I'm taking care of my financial planning myself. They'd be like, Hey, are you an expert at this? Do you really, do you think about this 24 seven for 10 years? Because that's what I do. And that's why I'm here to help. So flip that back around. Are you an expert on gifting? Are you an expert on client relations? Are you know, like all of that kind of stuff, like even just, Picking something, packing it, shipping it, all of that kind of stuff. That's what we think about all day, every day. And we've worked with thousands and thousands of, of customers at this point. So we, we, we know a thing or two. So like when I say half birthday gifts, uh, you might chuckle and say, that's crazy. I know that works for the right person. Again, it might not be right for every advisor out there, but for the right person, they're going to get a huge return on that investment.
1: What's really interesting to that point is as advisors, as you said, you expect our customers to work with the experts. So we should do the same. We should outsource that stuff. But what's cool is that through the work you've done, you believe it, if I read this correctly, you've already experienced this at a level of like hundreds of thousands
2: of people. Oh, yes. Yeah. We serve hundreds of thousands of customers at this point. Yeah.
1: So your data, you probably won't give the data out, <laughs> but your data has got to give you some really brilliant insights onto what works, when it works, why it works, or if it doesn't. So, right. why an advisor would never be able to do that on their own, um, or if they did, it would take years. They would just have to go start another company virtually. So, instead, right. of just tap into someone who's already done it and learned.
2: Yeah, so I think that's and, really cool. And we're not, I'm not someone who thinks that every gift someone needs to send is needs to be greetable every single time. That's not, I'm not delusional. Like, I think we have an amazing solution that that solves a lot of a lot of problems. But handwritten notes are great. A bottle of wine is great. Some people do pies at various times of the year, or whatever. Now I would argue that, hey, if, if you're dropping a pie off at Thanksgiving, unless they're counting on that pie for dinner, like maybe that pie gets lost in the shuffle a little bit, you know what I mean? Because there's a lot of other stuff going on, whatever. So like people don't necessarily think about that. They, a lot of times they put themselves first, I think in like unintentionally, not maliciously, but they, they like convince themselves that they're doing it for them when it's really like the thing that they like to do. Ah, you mean giving the gift that they would like to receive that or just the act, like getting the attention of doing that, this like a, like some people like drop, drop pies off at certain times, whatever, and, or drop cookies off. And it's there when you're getting gathering at the Thanksgiving table with your family or like preparing for that day. Is that really when you want someone to come to your home and present you, and disrupt your day? And so it's not, but like, they're getting to make a fuss about it a little bit and look what we did. And it was so cool. And again, I don't think it's intentional. It's not intentionally malicious or anything, but I think sometimes it's subtle and it's, works its way into being more about the gifter than the recipient.
1: I would almost say that's a little bit of controversy right there. Some genuine reason for actually giving the gift instead of just trying to get attention or the next sale. Because it doesn't sound like you're saying gift to to get that next sale or whatever, so much as it's just to build a really meaningful relationship. And
2: right. by virtue of doing that authentically and genuinely, you'll get the best return exactly. um, on, you exactly. know, on that investment. And if you want controversy, please don't think that crappy gift basket or that tin of popcorn that you sent at the holidays with when every when their office is full of gifts of just like that. Don't think that you're making any relationships. You're not building the relationship then. We do a lot of holiday gifts. I love that people send holiday gifts. Don't get me wrong. It's great. But if you're really trying to stand out and break through the clutter sending the gift at the same time everyone else is doing it is not going to m- make that happen. It's just not. And I think there's another thing that, and I've heard individuals complain, because now I, every time I talk to someone, who's your financial advisor, how do you like, but like, I'm just interested. I'm so interested and engaged in it. And one of the things I've heard is like, oh, we we don't send gifts. We do events, right? That's one thing financial advisors might say. We don't send the gifts. We do events. And it's funny to me because I've heard more people complain about feeling obligated to go to this event then then I've heard them complaining about receiving a nice gift from them. And I think that it's a, it's that same thing. We like to think we're doing it for the other people, but it's actually become this event that we're excited about hosting and then we're in the limelight and all of this kind of stuff. I, so I think I would challenge you, unless your client is like, cannot wait to do this thing. They're a big horse racing fan and you're taking them to Derby. Right? So like something like that or whatever. Unless it's that, you might just be getting attendance because they feel obligated. And that's a worst case scenario there because then you're, you're actually stealing their most valuable asset, their time. So I would just pump the brakes on that and just try to be really intellectually honest. Is it something they can't wait to get to? And if it's a client-wide event, the chances that all of your clients are that into the same thing is just minuscule, right? It's just minuscule unless you're a hyper niche advisor.
0: What is greetable? What's the pain at solving? And why, what's its superpower? Yeah,
2: really, Greetable specializes in the kind of cross-section of convenience and personalization. So it's really easy to get out the door. Price point is very approachable, usually in the $30 range or so. And depending on what's inside. And then, and it, and it makes this impression because it's this really surprising and delightful unboxing, super personalized. Feels like you spent way more than that on it. And it just leaves the recipient like ready, basically ready to send a text saying, Hey, this is the coolest thing I've gotten. Like we hear a lot of that kind of stuff. So really, it's really easy personalized gifts.
0: When you say personalized, you're not, are you saying you're going to get Adam's name on the cup or you're saying personalized? It's thoughtful to your interests as opposed to. The gifters interest with their logo on it.
2: Good. That's a great point. We have this patented card that folds up into a box. uh, So that can be personalized with a message and three images, photos or logos or things like that in there. So the gift inside will not be, we have champagne gummy bears or nice candles or chocolates, that kind of stuff. That will not be, you won't have a logo or anything on that, but the whole package will be very personalized because of the design.
1: Yeah, I I just used them, Adam. I sent something to my top client. It was so easy. So I was able to type my own personalized message and yeah. select the appropriate gift, and then mm. I get all the updates: Hey, it's been processed. Hey, it's been shipped. Hey, it was received. Blah 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 blah. Super easy.
2: Very cool. Jack yeah, Derek can do it, right?
1: <laughs> let's let's. Derek is pretty here.
0: capable. I'll
2: <laughs> be honest with you.
1: Um,
0: very cool. So that was our conversation with Joe Fisher from Greetable. That was uh, it. Was kind of funny. I I had a lot of smirks during that program. What about you?
1: I enjoyed it. It was good, especially the backhanded compliment at the end there. (laughs) Oh, I had to keep that one in there. I think that
0: lets us laugh at each other. We got to do it.
1: Well, you have to. No, it was good. He's got some really interesting insights that I I think a lot of advisors in our profession just wouldn't be able to have. I I, I thought it was a fun conversation. What are some takeaways or thoughts that you had based on what he was saying?
0: Well, you know, he went so fast. We had the luxury of hearing it more than once, everybody. So we thought we'd take some time to give you our takeaways as we try to do. So I, there's a couple of things I thought that were really valuable there. I thought that the doing something for next generation of your clients made a lot of sense. I mean, that seems so obvious. You remember that commercial that was going around from one of the big wire houses? The guy stands up and the groom says, I want to thank this guy Joe, and it was is my financial advisor, my dad's financial advisor, who got us here. And he was he was part of the family, and that's the image I had, which was you can be the uncle or the aunt or whatever it might be that uh, talks about how you're connected because the kid remembers you. So I thought that made a lot of sense. Just gift if you're going to gift, don't take that same money, and gift it to the kids, um, totally. or that would be really memorable. Probably the kid will keep it a long time. All the stuff we step on in our houses be from our financial advisor, and I think that would be. And by the way they're likely to be your next client. When we think about and talk about succession in so many of our podcasts and what's the next generation going to look like, there's a reason why you know over 90% of, of the next generation leaves the advisor when their parents pass or lose their capacity. It's because they don't have a relationship with the advisor. Why not start when they're young? I thought that was really fun to to talk about sending half birthdays. I thought that was pretty fun. That was pretty authentic. And I, I thought that was definitely memorable. I have heard that one before. I thought that events has been interesting. I think especially post COVID, with all the sensitivities, people want to come, don't want to come. They're nervous. They don't want to mass. They want to, and, and I think it it's getting harder to get people physically together since so many people have moved around. So I think events have been challenging. Although I have seen some success in virtual events, even virtual yeah, so- events where you can bring. I, we do something actually at Asset Map, Derek, where we have a happy hour once a month. Where we hire Airbnb does this program. This is not an endorsement for them, but we've had we've gotten everybody together for origami from a guy in Japan who's teaching us how to do origami and then flamenco dancing in Spain, and we did chocolate making from Jamaica. So there's lots of things that you how can How cool think. is that? Yeah, right. And everybody joined with their beer or wine, and we did a did virtual your clients, clients would eat that up. Love it. It was great. Worked out great. You I guess ever that, do any like taco making. I haven't done that one yet. (laughs) We did a cookbook though, where we invited everybody. We said, send us all your recipes. So why couldn't we do a a client cookbook? Have all your clients send you a recipe, family recipe, and you have it published. We had it published for 35 bucks a piece and we sent it to everybody. So you get a collection of recipes as being part of this community. Isn't that cool? I love it. What's even cooler is that this wasn't on your list right now. And do you know what my recipe was? What was your recipe? It was tacos, just to (laughs) let you know i hope they were kosher tacos they were not well i can't say they were kosher tacos <laughs> i'm not kosher but i would tell you it had cheese and meat in it <laughs> so there you have it i'll eat. um i think the other the other things i thought were really good and i'd, I'd love to hear what you took away from it is <laughs> i thought it was pretty funny that uh talked about the old gift basket and holiday that gets you know or the tin of popcorn we have done that one. Oh, oh i've done that one too i have yeah, i mean i think I do like that popcorn. I will be honest with you. Oh, the I eat three all different of it flavors, flavors right? It's yesterday. the cheese, it's the caramel, and then it's like the regular, right? The Chicago like a, the, style, like the cheese and the caramel mixed together. Yes. Yep. Love it. I can yep. see. I can eat that whole tin myself, by the way. I have done it. I will admit to you. 100%. And the last takeaway I think that's valuable, I thought, was there is sometimes this idea that if I schedule it, it's not authentic. But the reality is, is that if you schedule it, it is important. And what's, and what's important actually gets scheduled. I thought that was a great statement. It reminded me to rethink about how I am being intentional about reach outs. And I have some ideas on that. We can maybe if we have time, we'll talk about it. So I thought that was really great. And of course, just be authentic. I thought that was a really important aspect. What about you? What did you take away from this program?
1: I don't have the same number that you do here, Adam, but to your tin of popcorn one, I think that if you're going to do that, don't send it at Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever, send it at a different time of year. Like he was pointing out, send it like an off times of the year. You know what I mean? Yeah. You You mean like
0: New Year's, like after you make your resolution to lose a lot of weight, that's when you should send
1: a popcorn. Right. You haven't done your New Year's resolutions just yet before you commit. (laughs) I want you to gorge yourself on this tin of popcorn. Let me show you how supportive (laughs) I am for your goals.
0: (laughs) What Trust me,
1: I do support you, but I, I want you to eat this first. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. Right. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> well, I guess that's being intentional, which is to, you know, in all, all seriousness, being intentional is really important. And being more strategic about it, like you were saying, don't just do it haphazardly. Schedule it. Why are you doing this gifting things? What is the whole point of it? What are you trying to accomplish? I liked his controversial comments about, hey, if you're scheduling an event, it really ends up just being for you. It's not for your clients so much. It's more of an ego thing. Oh. Like the advisor needs to take themselves out of the equation entirely. Be altruistic with it. And if something comes back to you, that good stuff will happen. Just don't, yeah, I don't know. It's not the advisor show at this point. We're showing gratitude here. I like his idea about sending birthday gifts to client kids. We talked about this. Building the next generation of uh, relationships is extremely important and uh, showing your clients that you admire them. Okay, like I really like that you're able to do this, or I thought that that is really something outside of the realm of like just investment management or insurance or just general clinical conversations. If you're truly getting to know your clients and you should be able to tell them things that you admire. I think that's really important. And a small plug for Greetable here, but outsource this stuff. Once you've come up with your strategic plan, you know why you want a gift when you're going to do it, you're never going to be able to scale it or have the data points to know how to best do it compared to someone who else is doing. And if we're asking our clients to outsource their investment, their insurance, their financial planning, all that stuff, we should probably take a page from our own book and outsource things that no. we need help with. You know what I mean?
0: That's true. You know, I, it's funny because I remember, and Joe, for those that are paying attention to this. We didn't ask him to do this, but Joe offered in follow-up, he said that he would give a 10% coupon to all of our listeners. So we'll put that in the show notes. So thanks Joe for that. That was really cool. You just said something that I really think is valuable. And when all of us as advisors communicate something authentic, I think we miss a moment to also congratulate people on taking the action that we've asked them to take as our clients. In other words, Congratulations, Derek. I'm really proud that you've been able to follow the path and get into a systematic way of savings and not waste money in dumb things. And you've done the hard work. Why couldn't we actually kill two birds with one stone here and actually show our authentic appreciation by giving them credit for the things that they're doing in this coaching relationship?
1: I love that idea. I have, And something just comes to mind. I actually had a client review meeting today and I remember the last time we had a conversation about like they had transitioned to retirement and she actually broke into tears, like happy tears, because for all the years we've been working together and the planning we did, like they were able to accomplish something that was really important, yeah. right? So what a great opportunity to send a gift to recognize that because no one else is saying that other than no. maybe like the sheet cake that they get at the office as they're going oh, yeah, away the party, like, Hey, yeah. you're old and retired. Here's a piece of cake from the grocery store. Goodbye. Do yeah. something
0: a little bit more thoughtful, you know? Well, that's a great idea. So so what we saying, what about sending a gift that has something to do with supporting something that they really care about at a milestone? Congratulations, Derek. You just crossed this net worth milestone. I know it was a big moment. And so I'm sending you this thing. And I mean, that's it's awesome. It really has, has nothing awesome. to do with the holidays, right? And their yep. birthday and her half birthdays. What Can we do something like that? Can we actually establish milestones where we're going to give them accolade or recognition. It doesn't have to be expensive. It could be as little as a text. But I think that's, that changes us from being gifting dummies to aligned with, we want to reward the kinds of behavior we want to continue, right? Not just because you're alive on Christmas or not just because it's your birthday and you're still here with us. I think we can align our intentional merit with real things that deserve it. And that should be aligned with how we help them achieve those things so that it 100%. doesn't result. I don't know. I think that's what I it take. Makes away. Total,
1: well, the example I used in our chat with him, I sent uh, a gift to my best client, my top client. Mm-hmm. And it was thanking them because it was our anniversary when we started working together. There you go. Right. No one else is sending him that one. And it's just like being totally grateful and showing them that I appreciate that relationship and blah, 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 blah. blah. So, I mean, I get it. Yeah, uh, Amos. So I
0: guarantee the, you their uh, other advisor did not also send them because nice. they're they're probably cheating on you with two advisors, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Most of them are, dude. That could be a whole episode. <laughs> are, are your clients cheating on you?
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Why is your allocation all messed up? Well, because I didn't tell you I have this money with this other guy who's totally risky. Anyway, that's great. Let's jump into our uh, community question. Thank you, Joe. That was fun. You made us laugh many times, and I think that's really cool what you're doing, and we appreciate your effort with greetable. This one came in. Are You ready for this, Derek? I want to hear it. Let's go. All right, here you go. So this is this came in from Mitch in New York City, a LinkedIn direct message. So remember that you can message us through Rethink the Financial Advisor Podcast on LinkedIn or just directly. He writes: A recent argument with one of my wirehouse buddies got stuck on this topic of fiduciary, and we debated whether RIAs or wirehouses are better for clients. Can you guys have a good debate on this so we can finally settle it? Mitch, New York City. Thank you. What do you think?
1: It's circumstantial, isn't it? I think it is. I don't think it's black or white. I was actually having a, an interesting conversation with Dr. Megan Lertz, if you don't know her, go follow follower, but about this very thing. And it, it isn't black or white. And I think there's a lot of hyperbole around it, in that if you're not one in particular, then you're like bad. Yeah. However, There are examples, and if you'll let me digress a second, I can give you one.
0: Yeah, go for it.
1: I have a a client reach out to me today, and they sent me, and there's a LinkedIn post in this, so you can go read the details. But essentially, they were sold another product by a non-RIA type of advisor. Okay? And not that there's anything wrong with insurance-based advisors or agents. There's definitely a need for those products. But the problem was is that there was no process. They were sold something they ended up realizing they didn't need and were never given any alternatives to think about. There was no financial planning or a comprehensive analysis done. It's like going to the bank. Hey, your CD's and due. Let's get you a new one. And right. it, there, there was nothing else there. So I think when you look at a situation like that, I think the fiduciary wins every single day of the week. I know there's this best interest stuff going on. So I... Yeah. I don't know. I think better for clients, I would say that it is circumstantial depending on your needs, and there's not one size fits all. But I think that no matter whether you're an RAA, a wirehouse, insurance, BD, whatever, there are bad apples and there are ways you can screw your clients being all of those types of advisors.
0: Yeah. You know what I the funny know. thing is about this? I, the whole question of fiduciary, ironically, everyone keeps coming back to the same single point of contention, which is compensation when the reality is fiduciary is about process. It's not about compensation. The presumption is that if you're compensated in a way that will justify an impure process or a biased process, then therefore you can't really be a fiduciary. But I know plenty of commissionable advisors who take people through a prudent process that results in a suitable action. They're not really incentivized to do one thing. Both could have a process that justifies why they're acting at a fiduciary and also some could not follow a process that means they're not acting a fiduciary. I know way too many rias and warehouses that don't ask any questions about legal, tax or insurance. Are they being a fiduciary? I don't know.
1: That's a tough one yeah, because then that the de- definition of fiduciary is even in question then.
0: Yes, agreed. So is the fiduciary question about just about investment management or is it about holistic life decisions that for where there's clearly dependencies, this decision impacts that decision begets that begets that it's like a book from the Bible. And the bottom line is, is that if you don't understand those dependencies, how can you actually act in a client's best interest? I don't know. So the irony behind the question, Mitch, is that I don't know whether RIAs can claim perfect, that they are a perfect fiduciary because they've got a process. No, it just says we understand how they get compensated. Whereas wirehouses tend to be mostly asset gatherer, salary compensated individuals. And so the argument is, I'm a big believer, I think, as you are, that you've got to be holistic from day one. You got to recognize you don't know everything, which means you must be able to bring in other people to validate and verify the decisions you're helping people make, even if they're outside of your core expertise, which means at the end of the day, the only way to be a true fiduciary is to not be alone. That's what I happen to think.
1: Ooh, that's good. That's good. And I would agree with you on that one. I remember my early days, I looked at it as if, man, if I don't know the answer to this question, if I have to bring somebody else in, I've just diminished my own value and I might lose the sale or not get the client. I'm like, that's not true at all, man. Like double down on getting other resources and getting other experts around you. That's ego bomb again.
0: That's selfishness. Remember that? Ego bomb.
1: Yeah, it totally is look at the best entrepreneurs. They always, what's the quote? You're like, you have to be the dumbest one in the room, basically, right? You want to surround yourself with people that are smarter than you.
0: Yeah. I don't think it's anything different than what Joe brought up. You, know, you want to do something right, go to an expert or learn from an expert or do the research and build a process around it. There's no substitute for it. There's no shortcuts at the end of the day. If you yep. want to do what's right for your clients, sometimes you got to bring in other expertise or just make sure you know more. Than everybody, and you've done the due diligence. Which, of course, I don't know if anybody has time for that anymore. Uh, yeah. Except Michael Kitsis, he's got enough degrees for all of us. So I think <laughs> <laughs> somehow he has enough time to get eighteen different designations. I don't think he sleeps. He probably doesn't. So anyway, this is this has been fun. So I look forward. This is a bit of a tee up because we actually have another podcast coming immediately follow this one. So make sure you pay attention to that one when it comes out, or you just listen to it because we have brought someone who has a real interesting and passionate belief around this, and we'll bring up some controversy. We're excited to have him. With that, Derek, it's always a pleasure seeing you. I will see you very soon on the road.
1: Yes, I can't wait in a different time zone. It should be fun. Lots of dad jokes to ensue. I've never seen a session where you get CE credit for dad jokes, but here we go. We're going to do it. (laughs) We're going to do it. But in the meantime, everyone, thanks for listening. Please make sure to subscribe to the podcast, share the podcast with somebody, anybody, and follow us on LinkedIn. If you have questions, like we're open books send us a question and there's a link on our rethink podcast page on linkedin where you can even apply to be a guest on the show maybe you'll be lucky enough to be picked we'll see right but until then think about great dad jokes
0: that's right that's our gift to
1: you should i end it with one go for it yes let's see what do you call a cold crocodile
0: what what did you call cold a
1: refrigerator
0: Oh, that's a good one. I'll use that with nobody today.
1: Yeah. So dumb. So dumb. Thanks, Derek. All the best.
0: <laughs>
2: Thank you for listening to Rethink, the financial advisor podcast with Holtz and Notman. Be sure to subscribe now and join the ongoing conversation. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest, and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Asset Map or Connector. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only.